0: Hi, it's Katie Haler from the Naked Scientist team here. I hope you're doing okay. I figured we might all enjoy a bit of cheering up at the moment, so here's a giggle for you. Recorded back in early March for our Cambridge Science Festival event, before the current lockdown measures were put in place, Cambridge University physicist and science stand-up comedian Fran Chadder Day treated us to one of her comedy sets. So grab a cuppa and take a seat. Because, without further ado, here's Fran Chadder Day. Hello, hello. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, Katie. This is really wonderful. Who here loves science? Who here hates science but is willing to try new things? Okay, a few. I respect that. I respect that. I'm a theoretical physicist. So my job is more or less breaking physics and then trying to put it back together, but it's in a loving way. I love science. I think the most science thing I ever did was in 2012. I spent a summer at the Large Hadron Collider. It was amazing. The Large Hadron Collider is a huge tunnel in France and Geneva. It's colder than outer space. It cost $13 billion dollars. What's it for? Well, in the best tradition of science, it's for smashing stuff together and seeing what comes off. My job was to try to find a way to stop bits of kind of gunk and dust falling from the beam pipe into the beam of protons. It was incredibly glamorous, obviously. I think they've figured it out now. But what I really remember about the Large Hadron Collider is their hydrogen tank. The Large Hadron Collider smashes protons together at incredibly high energies. And all of those protons come from a small tank of hydrogen gas that's just sitting in the centre of a huge hall in the accelerator complex. You know, you can go and look at it, you can go up to it and touch it, it's not well guarded, it turns out. And I thought this was totally amazing. You know, you've got this very normal, boring gas... And you accelerate it, you put it through some magnetic fields, and suddenly it discovers the Higgs boson. Because hydrogen is a proton with an electron orbiting around it, you heat it up, the electron falls off, you have a proton to smash together, and suddenly thousands of scientists are spending their careers trying to find out what on Earth is going on. And I think this story really encapsulates science and what science is for me, because... The Large Hadron Collider is an amazing experiment, and the proton collisions are amazing. But science is just as much about that hydrogen gas and how it's accelerated and how it's ionised and about the Alps and about all of the chairs in CERN and really everything. But I think in the eyes of the media, one issue is that some things are more science than other things. You know, brains are science-y, stars are science quantum mechanics is science but something like a table isn't science But I think the amazing thing about physics is that the particles and the laws of physics inside the stars and inside your brain and inside the table are the same. It's protons, neutrons and electrons in various configurations obeying the same laws. So why do they behave so differently? Why doesn't the table shine? Why doesn't the table experience existential dread? (laughs) And that is what physics is really about. You know, I would like to see something like the New Scientist publish an article entitled Ten Key Differences Between a Supernova Explosion and a Fork. (laughs) When I was younger, um, when I was a teenager, I was a member of a gym. I'm not anymore, of course. Terrible idea but the young people's group in this gym was called Supernova, and the slogan on all the T-shirts and stuff was, Supernova, definition, a bright young star. Now, (laughs) (laughs) this definition is two-thirds correct, and at undergraduate level, that's a 2-1, so... (laughs) It's not bad. A supernova is actually the explosion at the end of a star's life. Now, anyone here who speaks Latin and is just not sufficiently in awe of my expertise as a theoretical physicist might say, but, you know, hang on a minute, supernova has new in the name. The name is new star. Well, there's a reason for this. One of the many things I hate about astronomers is that they've been going since the dawn of time You don't need any special equipment to do astronomy. You just need to look up. They've been going since the dawn of time, and they never update the name for anything. Because a supernova is so bright, typically you can't see the original star with the naked eye, but you can see the supernova explosion. So it appears like a new star in the sky. Um, And hence we are stuck with a name for it that is explicitly wrong. I wish the new scientist would publish an article entitled 10 Key Differences Between a Supernova Explosion and a Fork, but they're not returning my calls. So I wrote one. Right. 10 Key Differences Between a Supernova Explosion and a Fork. Number one, a supernova is in space, whereas most forks won't be for the foreseeable future. Number two, a supernova lasts for a few weeks, but forks usually last much longer. Number three, a supernova produces a lot of neutrinos, but forks, hardly any. Um, Now, neutrinos are very light particles. They're uh, a crucial part of our understanding of particle physics, but they barely interact with anything. There are literally trillions of neutrinos going through your body as we speak. Try not to get too distracted by it. We have seven more differences to go through. Number four a fork exhibits the power exclusion principle through interactions of phonons and other quasiparticles, whereas a supernova exhibits the power exclusion principle through electron and neutron degeneracy pressure. Number five (laughs) forks are made of metal or wood or plastic, whereas a supernova is mainly made of star. Number six, a supernova is much bigger than a fork. You really get what you pay for with this show. <laughs> I'm aware that it was free. Uh, number seven, when I was younger, I never wanted to be a fork. <laughs> I come from a slightly odd family. Um, there were many great things about it. One of the great things was that my, my parents had a slightly non traditional setup where my mum earned most of the money and my dad stayed at home and looked after me and my brother. And this was brilliant. Um, But, you know, gender stereotypes can be very sneaky. So one day I came home from nursery and I said to my little brother, Joshua, right, we're going to play mummies and daddies and you're the daddy, so you go out to work. And I'm the mummy, so I'm going to stay at home and clean the house. And my mum heard this and she obviously wasn't happy with the stereotypes that I'd picked up at nursery school. So she said to me, but Francesca, that's not what happens in our house, is it? And I said, oh no, it's not. You go out to work and daddy stays at home and nobody cleans the house. <laughs> that joke really is, normally gets the biggest laugh of the night. Um, I wrote it when I was four. It's clearly been downhill since then. <laughs> So, where were we? Number eight. A supernova is a much more obvious manifestation of the second law of thermodynamics than a fork is. Okay. Requires a little explanation. The second law of thermodynamics basically says that the total entropy in the universe always increases. Now, entropy is a measure of disorder. So, a messy bedroom has more entropy than a tidy bedroom. Um, So, when you're told to tidy your bedroom, this is excellent. You are fighting the second law of thermodynamics. And you have to do it. It does mean it's also a losing battle, unfortunately. We're not going to win our battle with the second law of thermodynamics. But we can try. Number nine... A supernova probably has more gold in it than a fork, but this gold is much harder to access. So gold is a heavy metal. It's got a lot of protons and neutrons in it. And heavy metals like gold are quite difficult to produce. It takes a lot of energy to produce them. But a lot of these heavy metals are actually essential for life We need them in our bodies to live. And we think that they were produced in supernova explosions and in collisions between neutron stars. That is the only way we can see that they could be produced in the universe. And neutron stars actually are what's left over at the end of a supernova. So that kind of starts with the supernova explosion too. So these heavy metals, which are needed for life, are a result of exploding stars. And this brings me to what I think is the key difference between a supernova and a fork. A fork is what happens if you take a supernova and then wait a really long time. (laughs) You get these heavy metals, you form life, and then eventually some of them make forks. So I think really the conclusion of my piece is that a fork is a supernova, part of a supernova, to which something very strange has happened. Ten key differences between a supernova explosion and a fork. Number ten, no one knows what happens if you put a supernova in a microwave.